I'm absolutely going to Brant Seneca this week. White Brand Sports. It is your sports pod hookup. I'm your host, Bobby Adcock. Episode 31. That was uh, Kyle you heard on the open there. And uh, he's been so kind to come on here all these weeks and share his thoughts on PGA DFS and gambling and everything. So I just thought I would uh, be mean to him for it. And uh, like I do to myself every week. So yeah. And 31 is also the number of one of my favorite NBA players of all time, Reggie Miller. And as much as I'd like to talk mid-90s Indiana Pacer basketball, that's not what we're here to do. It is the Workday Charity Open on the PGA Tour this week. They are continuing the return and kind of a, a weird schedule adjustment here. They're going to be at Muirfield Village two weeks in a row. Um, and so we're going to get into it and talk about why that is and what that may or may not mean. And let's waste no more time. Here it is. It is uh, Kyle and myself on Workday Charity Open Gambling and DFS. Here, I'm back. I'm with Kyle Robert, as always, breaking down uh, this week's PGA Tournament. It is the Workday Charity Open. And Kyle, we're going to be in Dublin, Ohio for back-to-back weeks. What are your thoughts there? Uh, it's kind of interesting. Obviously, in terms of comps for the week, uh, used a lot of memorial. Um, but it seems like they're trying to make it different obviously this would be typically the john deere um and basically what i've heard (laughs) is john deere is having their 50th 50th anniversary uh the next time they play it and they want to play it with fans um and you know have a traditional john deere kind of event so they decided oh with with everything we'll go ahead and and skip this year and come back next year for our big 50th and go from there so um they kind of pivoted. They made memorial work. I've heard the course might be a bit longer. The rough should be a little shorter. It might be a little higher scoring than traditional memorial courses. But in terms of most of the stats, I think a lot of it's going to play um, for memorial, um, which I think um, you know if you're if you're going off that, I think you'll be fine. Mm-hmm. Um, and one little nugget off the top. Um, so. Uh, 11 of the past 12 winners of Memorial, so obviously, like I said, it's a little bit different, but same course, uh, mm-hmm. have ha- have a, had a top five on tour uh, in the year before winning. So sometime within that calendar year, or I guess the season year, they, they've finished in the top five in another tournament. Um, and then each of the past five winners at Memorial has made the cut the year before. Um, so there's there's a handful of names that are interesting in, in terms of, you know, I went through and, and put everybody down and, and got some some interesting names and some interesting names that aren't on that list, including John Rahm, including Patrick Reed, including some of the other guys we're going to talk about. So uh, I just thought that was a little bit interesting if, you know, maybe not in terms of DraftKings. Obviously, when we're talking at the higher end, you'll you'll want that win equity. But. Uh, you know, if you're looking at outright bets, if you're looking at different things, I, I think it's just an interesting nugget, not saying it, it's going to happen or um, guaranteed to happen that way. But uh, there is there is some traditional, co- you some, know, some correlation. Yeah. 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 It's a great way to put it. So just want to throw that out there. Yeah. And um, I think we can both agree that no matter what they do to Mirfield Village this week, that it's going to be more challenging than. Uh, the past few events they've been at. Yeah, um, yeah, I, I'm guessing the cut line's probably going to be a little lower than than four or five. Under. Yeah, yeah. I think the last I, I tweeted this out, but I think the last three cuts were, I think one was even, and then the other were over par. So 
Mm-hmm. Um, expect more of a traditional um, kind of PGA level course than uh, than we, what we've seen from uh, I think definitely from last week. But uh, yeah. even like the RBC Heritage and Charles Schwab just don't present as much of a challenge. Uh, so yeah, we're we're at Muirfield Village. It is. Like you've talked about, the memorial course each year since 1976, it's Jack's event. That's next week. But uh, like you said, they pivoted to now the Workday Charity Open this week because of the John Deere. So a little strange to be at back-to-back venues. I wonder this, how this crew is going to handle this uh, turnover after these guys tear this place up for this week. But um, I'm sure they will uh, I'm sure they will be uh, very motivated to turn it around for Jack's event, which is one of the marquee events on tour. Yeah, and um, I'm curious to see kind of, obviously, you know, we'll talk more next week, but how this week, of, you know, being able to play a few extra rounds, especially of competitive golf, um, how that plays next week for the, because there are some guys that aren't playing this week that will be back next week for Jacksonville. Yeah, thank God Tony Fino is one of them. I just, I can't take <laughs> it anymore. So um, we'll, we'll talk about that. But uh, yeah, let's, let's jump uh, a little bit to last week. I wanted to kind of do a quick review of the DK standings overall how we both did uh i'll just say this i was awful uh my my chess and hadley russell knox combo did not help any matters um so dfs was kind of a bust my hadwin varner straight bets just didn't come through so it was all in all just a poor week for me i need to get this turned around here this week kyle i, I think i will but um what what would you what how would you do in your overall dfs gambling last week Terrible. I can't believe it. it. It was so frustrating, too, because the week before um, I did, I you know, like we mentioned, like in terms of uh, positive or negative, I was only down a tiny bit. Um, and I had a lot of two of six, three of six that helped me get there. Uh, mm-hmm. This week I had some five of sixes and I was feeling really good. Um, and all those guys just kind of didn't. They, none of them really made huge pushes. None of them were near the top of the leaderboard, um, and so it was kind of a bloodbath there. Um, and then in terms of outrights, uh, I wasn't on Bryson. I wasn't betting him at, what, six and a half or whatever he was. Um, that's just too too small of a number. Um, Still fun. Had some top 20s. Uh, shouts to uh, Lonto Griffin for being uh, 21st. Uh, he was flirting with <laughs> that top 20 all um all weekend i had matt wallace as well that was nice he cashed but yeah it wasn't great uh it was just kind of a a lot of um nothing nothing stellar nothing amazing um and and, you know kind of just muddled my way to a uh less than exciting weekend yeah and i uh i I would say this thursday i thought i was a genius with a burry guard pick and um and even the Russell Knox, they were kind of right there on the cut line, had some nice Thursday rounds. And, you know, about Friday at 4 o'clock, uh, I knew my week was done. So I was like, oh, <laughs> at least if you're going to, you know, win, hey, if you're going to win or lose, uh, you know, just, you know, leave no doubt is what I would yeah. say. Um, yeah. So, yeah, it was a it was a rough week. But um, I also want to talk about the DK Millie Maker standings a little bit because I like to kind of quell this uh, rumor sometimes that you must be setting hundreds of lineups or you know 70 lineups to compete in these contests and uh it's it's not true the winner Mm. and this is this is by now again don't this is by entry name so i guess allegedly there's a way around us maybe this person could have multiple accounts i suppose but um just by entry name uh the winner had one entry inside the top 10 there were two three four people that had two entries or less so almost half of the top 10 were very low uh, entry users. So I, I just I kind of like to point that out sometimes just because I think people are convinced that it's kind of a rigged system. And you need this coverage in these big contests with 30 lineups in order to really compete. No, that's 100 percent spot on. And actually, a lot of the time, it's not the people that enter a lot of big lineups. I think I would say more often than not. The people that are taking home the the cash prize are, are people setting a handful of lineups or maybe just one or two. Uh, you know, obviously, if you can if you can afford to do 20 lineups, uh, you're probably going to have a better ROI on a week to week basis. But um, you know, in terms of taking down the big the big dog, uh, you know, it, it's it's not um, it's not as you know you you don't have to go crazy. 
Um, and a lot of times you'll, you know, make at least enough back where you're not really costing yourself um, a ton in terms of your what you paid to buy in. Yeah, and, you know, bottom line is, what do you need? You need six golfers to play really well. Um, yep. <laughs> and you probably and need the And you don't need six. You don't, you don't need six golfers that nobody else has. You need one golfer that no one else has. And that could be the re- that could be the difference between, you know, a million dollars and 50 bucks. It true. And I think so all these top 10 winning lineups actually had the winner, Bryson. Mm-hmm. Um, I think a lot of them had either Victor Hovland or Terrell Hatton. Um, Adam Hadwin was sprinkled in a lot. Uh, he was also in the winning lineup. Uh, Matthew Wolf in the winning lineup. Sepp Straka and Danny Willett, probably the two guys that gave a lot of the uh, differentiation to him in his success. Well, and it's funny, too, because Wolf and Hovland especially, um, they had a really slow start to Thursday. Mm-hmm. Um, and it looked like they were going to be a couple of the players that would kind of cost some people, especially Hovland. Hovland was really popular. And uh, both really stepped it up Friday. Obviously Wolf was incredible, took the lead. He was 19 under, I think on Saturday, um, which was, I think the winning score from the year before. So that was obviously really impressive. And then uh, Sunday was not his day. It's funny because him and Bryson, uh, I want to say back in February had a tournament uh, where, where Bright Wolf ended up winning the tournament and Bryson, you know, hit a really nice birdie. And I think Wolf eagled that 17 or 18 um, and ended up winning the, winning the tournament. It was more Kawash, uh, Bryson and Wolf they were all competing and to see the see the shoe on the other foot in this tournament uh, I thought was really uh, really entertaining and um, it's cool to see all these young golfers uh, play so well yeah no it was and a lot of people were kind of giving Bryson a lot of shit about his kind of kind of you know Delta Bravo behavior a little bit which mm-hmm. I, I I understand um, it was warranted it, it is it is but I think in general I, a guy like Bryson I, he is kind of douchey but um He's also, I think he's good for the sport. I just think uh, he's 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 content. He's entertaining. So, oh, hundred percent. And yeah, I think it's it, good to have people like Bryson, to have guys like Kepka, and to have people that are kind of in between, um, to to give you know all kinds of different you know approaches to the game and multiple ways to be successful. Right, and I saw a guy like uh, Kevin Kisner, for example, who's complete opposite, but mm-hmm. I think I think was top five. But he's interviewed after the round. And he's like, they're asking specifically about Bryson. He's like, I just think he needs like some kids or something. He just has nothing. He doesn't have anything to do. What, what he's <laughs> all this all this time. So it's kind of kind of appreciate both personalities in a way. Um, they all kind of enrich the sport in general. And like you said, it's nice to see just all the different mixes. The younger guys playing well and competing. And uh, it speaks well for, I think, uh, kind of the future of the sport in general. Totally. So, all that out of the way, let's start out, as we always do, with the groupings. And we're just going to start at the bottom of the prices and work our way up. And are you ready for the low sixes? Ready as I'll ever be. So I just threw out here. I said Carlos Ortiz, Charles Schwartz, J.J. Spawn. Taylor Gooch, K.H. Lee, your boy Chase Seifert, Nick Watney returning from a COVID diagnosis, and Shinjun Jong. I think we may be ready to give up on him completely, but I'll let you tell me. Um, and then is there anybody else? This is 6, 6.4K uh, and below. Yeah, I mean, in terms of like my most of my lineups this week, I'm probably going to avoid this range. Uh, I'm not huge. I do think Charles is interesting, though. He's definitely somebody, um, obviously, has uh, made some weekends at this course, has some experience at this course, um, has been much better in terms of his iron play. Um, So there's a lot to like there. Um, And, you know, he's probably a guy that should be in, like, the, you know, 6,900, 7,000 range. Uh, so to be able to get a little bit of a savings on him just because he's been playing so poorly, but to see the game coming back, to see him showing some of the skills that made him interesting, um, if I had to pick one, that would definitely be uh, where I'd head for sure. I think I agree with this. Um, I was looking at this today, and he did kind of jump out, which is why I added him to this little group, and I thought, all right, 50th in Strokesane's approach, which I think will be I think is the key to this course mm-hmm. here. Um, you know, obviously first you have to be in the fairway, but 
the way it's set up is you have to have the accuracy into the greens. You have to have those clean looks on the fairway in order to control your distances and your spin. So I, you know, strong approach games are going to be a big target this week. Uh, I think for me, and he's 50th in the season. Um, he was 21st in the tournament last week overall without making the cut. And also the, the crazy lightning quick bent grass greens here. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's, he's 33rd in putting. And yeah. as you, as you alluded to, and that's sorry, strokes game putting. And as you alluded to, um, nine for 11 in his starts here and making the cut five top 25s two top 10s uh and those were t- both ties for eighth here at his best finishes so definitely a place where he has a lot of success yep uh and this week i think especially uh you, you mentioned the really tough putting um mm-hmm. but these are also smaller greens and i think chipping and around the green play is going to be really uh, crucial. Um, and there's one other name I want to throw out that you didn't mention in this group. And and it's not going to be the sexiest, but Steve Stricker is a name that in terms of what I'm seeing on my model uh, pops in a big way. He is 24th total, uh, or 24th, he has tw- or, yeah, 24th in strokes gained total, and he's number one in strokes gained around the green. Um, you know, he, in terms of kind of recent form I, I mean he's made some cuts he's been kind of in the top 50s um so he's not going to do a ton for you but at sixty three hundred dollars if he makes the weekend i think he more than uh makes up for that salary cost yeah and another just you know grizzled veteran there who's played here a ton had some success so um he you know with the with the great price it's always kind of uh it's always kind of nice to does a lot of for your cap. Let's just say that if you pick one guy that's around, you know, 64, 6K and he gets the weekend, you're in good shape. Totally. And just before uh, we get out of this, kind of the uh, one of the darlings of the DFS community last week was Wesley Bryan for what he was able to do the prior week and his strokes gains approach. I think he finished. Was he first overall the Travelers? I believe. Yeah, he was right there. He was, Yeah, no, he was. And he was actually over the weekend was like in, insanely good. So yeah, Wes Bryan was a guy that I was targeting significantly. And obviously Sunday didn't play as well as uh, as we kind of had hoped, but uh, still more than rewarded. Um, you know your your salary. And it's funny, Bobby. I was going to ask you about him, not necessarily him, especially as uh, players like that that you see at a really good discount in terms of salary make the weekend seemingly are contending and even if they finish top 20 or top 30 uh, like obviously if you if i if i tell you that on wednesday that this this player at 6000 is going to do that you're going to sign up for that all day but when you have him in the in the top 10 and then he falls back it's like oh man we think of what we could have done come on wesley (laughs) like give me a little more um so it's interesting (laughs) to see how your perspective changes uh, over the course of four days. Yeah, it, it really is. And I, I think in that same light of kind of seeing what a guy was able to kind of perk up and do in a prior week and saying, how's that going to translate to this week? Is that form going to stay the same way? K.H. Lee was a guy last week who was second overall in Strokes Gain's approach in the field. He finished in a tie for 45th, but just maybe a guy who's turning the corner with his ball striking here a little bit. He was really nice in that last uh, season. And he's just kind of been sputtering as of late. So I think he's a guy, if you're digging around this range again, which, you know, a lot of people do for obvious reasons. The prices are so great. I I think there's a good case for him. And also, um, J.J. Spawn made a really quick turnaround from an awful Traveler's performance. I think he he shot like a 78 in one of the rounds. It's really bad. And uh, he finished tied for 30th and was also, I think, he was 12th in Strokes Gain's approach on the field last week. So... Maybe just another guy, again, if you're throwing out darts, I think there's a reason there for both of those guys uh, to watch this week. 100%. So let's then move along to, this is 65 to 6,700 here. And I have uh, my nemesis, Chesson Hadley, who <laughs> you're going to you're gonna have to just make me, you're going to have to talk me out of uh, playing him ever again. Uh, Henrik Norlander who I think is going to be the darling of the community this week as well. Yeah. He finished 
first, uh, an incredible, just to kind of throw this out here, 8.29 strokes gains approach out of the field last week. That was first. That's a huge number. So um, him and Adam Shank, Adam Long, and the winner at Pebble Beach earlier this season before the shutdown, having a really nice year, Nick Taylor. Uh, I guess, so I'm going to go off the board a little bit. I'm just looking at my numbers, giving you some guys I like. Hudson Hudson Swafford really pops, which Mm -hmm. you're probably like, who? Uh, (laughs) And his around the green game isn't great, so that is a little concerning. Um, But he's 20th in terms of strokes gained total. Uh, Been good good with ball striking, 9th, 10th in in strokes gained approach. you know, uh, uh, at, when you're talking about a guy down this low, to see him in the top ten of a couple different categories, um, that's definitely something that that pops for me. That that ga- that garners my attention. Um, yeah. And, go ahead. No, and he's he's a super streaky guy. Um, yeah. And he was uh, he was third in strokes his approach on the field last week overall. So, a guy who could be turning the corner as well. Yep. So good form coming in good form in in this kind of setup um and and your boy nick taylor i think is another guy um that that does a lot i i do worry about him on bent grass in terms of his putting um traditionally hasn't done great there um but you know a lot of these guys you know a lot of this is baked in some of their old form and they're turning the corner and they're performing better and there's a reason to like where they're headed um, and, and jumping in on them at this price tag um, can be, you know, a little daunting. But um, you're getting quite a good value on, on some of these names. Yeah, Nick Taylor's going into the shutdown again, playing some of the best golf of his career. Like I said, won at Pebble. Uh, he's 31st in ball striking um, currently on the season. And um, yeah, it's his first start out of the shutdown. So um, you're kind of taking a little bit of risk there, but I think he's a really interesting guy. And, and quietly, probably a little bit underpriced as of right now. We'll see how that goes as the weeks continue. He starts to get back into the rhythm of his season. But um, give me Nick Taylor here uh, for the reasons I laid out, and um, just and also I can't I can't play Chesson Hadley anymore. It's just it's I, I don't know <laughs> what I, it's 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 a guy who I constantly go okay ball striking, strokes gains approach, great numbers. All he's got to do is putt. And it just it never works. And then with yeah. the weeks I don't with the weeks I don't play him, I think he was I think he finished like a top twenty five in the US Open last year out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. And I was like, all right, here we go. So uh, it's just I think we all have a few of these guys who we just can't win with. It doesn't matter what we do. So Yep. All right, let's get out to sixty eight hundred to seven K. This range I feel like I could make a Netflix a Netflix documentary series about. I mean, there's so many so many storylines, so many nuggets within these guys. Okay, it's it's Luke List, Mackenzie Hughes, your boy Kyle Stanley, who I think uh, was very popular last week. Sepp Straka, Jim Furyk, who has uh, all the course history. Richie mm-hmm. Wierenski, Dylan Fratelli, and my guy, Matthew Niesman. Man, there is a lot in here. Uh, obviously, Fratelli coming back from... from- the, the COVID positive test. It'll be interesting to see how he plays. Obviously, Cameron Champ was able to come back um, and was awesome. Um, so, you know, it doesn't necessarily mean that he can't uh, perform. Kneesmith, um, I like a lot, but in terms of kind of history of courses like this, a lot of these younger guys don't really have the, the rounds to kind of put real stats together so it's 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 kind of a okay we like the recent form we have to see if it's gonna work and uh luke list i don't know he might be like making a resurgence obviously one on the corn Ferry tour mm-hmm. um looked good last week maybe he's rebounding to to a guy that maybe not gonna win consistently but can be uh you know find homes in our dk lineups every so often yeah, again, super streaky guy. Um, he's probably of this range would be my my Chess and Hadley of this group. Uh, <laughs> I just I I always talk myself into him, and there's good reasons for it. Um, he's he's played he's been really close to winning a few times on the PGA Tour. Um, has a lot of ups and downs, but is a real streaky guy. And like you said, uh, playing well as of late. 
He is tied for 37th on the season in ball striking. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sorry. 64th uh, on ball striking. The T37 was his best finish here uh, at Muirfield Village, where he's a one of three in starts for his career and making cuts. Uh, so, yeah, and he's 59th in strokes in his approach. So, I, I, a guy like him who seems to be turning the corner, I think, is always interesting. These guys are with super streaky guys like this. So, um, and then I think we talked about a few weeks ago, Mackenzie Hughes. Uh, he turned in a great performance. Was it was it Travelers where he had that 60 out of nowhere? Yeah, I believe so. Yeah, and so that that kind of put him uh, back into contention for that tournament. So I think he's super interesting. Then Kyle Stanley, of course. Uh, of course. Of course. I think he was. He might have been your chest and Hadley last week. I don't know. Um, but he's uh he's had some nice history here in his seven starts he's made five weekends three of those have been top 25s all those of course top 10 as well and he's uh he tied for second here in 2018 so he likes his time here as well and then um do you want to talk about jim Furcado? he's another one of those guys that like isn't gonna like blow you away or be super sexy or be the reason you win a gpp but um, he's also super stable, and when you're being a little bit aggressive at other spots, um, if you want some reliability, if you want guys that are going to do, a, you know, he's he's ideal for a course like this. Like, get in position, put your put the ball right on the green where you want it, um, and, and go from there. Like, it, he just kind of fits in in a in a lineup with a little more upside at other spots. Yeah, and I think he's. Uh... He has a great game for this course, and it's, it's translated well, as his records would suggest. He is 21 of 24. I love looking up course history for these guys who have been on tour for like 25 years. It's so funny um, to see these uh, how many times they play these venues. But uh, again, 21 of 24 here in cuts made. 15 of those have been top 25s. Seven top 10s. He's won here. That was in 2002. And just kind of for context... It wasn't all, like, in the first 10 years. He, he tied for 33 here last year. So um, he's still he's still playing solid golf um, for, for his standards. He's right now on the season 40th in ball striking and 20th on strokes gains approach, which, again, I think is going to be the key to success here this week. So um, a lot of reasons to like Fierk here. And before we um, – I did forget to mention another guy who just, in terms of course history – if you're just going like that, that's a big thing for you. Jason Duffner, five mm-hmm. of eight, five of eight here in cuts made. Four of those cuts made, four sorry, four of those cuts made have been top 25s, two top tens. He also has a one. He also won here in 2017. He tied for seven last year. So um, a guy not really playing well, but um, maybe a, a familiar venue could turn that around. Yeah, he's one of those guys that can't putt, but when he does pops in the top 20 and if you wanted in and you know like i mentioned with furic like he would be a great combo to furic where if you need a couple guys to make the weekend then you look at maybe someone like duffner who can pop um and now all of a sudden your, your lineups are looking really good heading into the weekend assuming he makes it there and if he doesn't then hopefully you're a four or six five or six and still have a decent decent uh chance of cashing Yep, that's, and that's a good point. And uh, I would just say that my, my favorite two of this group are Fierk and, uh, of course, I just run back Neesmith constantly. Um, so mm-hmm. uh, do you have one or two favorites? Yeah. Um, I, I really like Fratelli this week. I know he, we haven't seen him, but I think he I think he has a good chance to, to really do some stuff. And um, I'm going to ride the Luke List hot, hot streak until it burns me and – um, it might be this week, it might be next week, but he's definitely a guy that um, is interesting. I, I like it. I like this, too. Um, I, I, I root for him. I think he's a guy who's just been, you know, some of these guys are all over the place. Uh, they got to go back and forth between the tours, and uh, he's a good story. So I hope yep. he uh, has success. So let's get out to the, this is kind of the lower 7, mid-K, lower to mid 7K range. And it is starts with, I listed out Keegan Bradley. Emiliano Grillo, Matt Wallace, who I can't seem to find on the right weeks, Scott <laughs> Stallings, your boy Lanto Griffin, who Lanto! Again, 
rebounded great last week. Um, Shane Lowry, the 7400, and Ryan Armour coming off a nice week. And then Rory Sabatini, who would probably be considered of this group the course horse. Yep. Um, what, what say you among this group? Is there anyone else that uh, maybe I didn't throw in there? I love this range. I love <laughs> it. Uh, man, uh, Emmanuel Agrio, I'm going back to that uh, yep. in terms of strokes gain, in terms of, like, he's ninth in my model. He is uh, really good on bent grass putting. Um, I love me some Keegan Bradley this week. Um, I'm. Oh, boy. Where, I, oh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Keegan. Uh, just had it. Came, he came through a lot last year for me, mm-hmm. so I can I can understand it. When he when he's ball striking, he, again, can't putt, but usually really solid ball striking. Yep, seventh in terms of strokes gained um, in, in this kind of setup. Uh, his around the green, green game scares me a little bit, lost some strokes there, uh, but has done well putting on bent grass, uh, which is where we are this week, so um, I like him that, I like him as well, and uh, I know you said Rory Sabatini horses for courses, but man, this guy is if like you designed a course that fit his game, like this would be it. Like he can do do well enough off the tee, can get around, uh, can attack pins and and can putt once he's there. So uh, I like him a lot as well. and I feel like he might be uh, let me look at um, where he might end up because I feel like, he could uh oh no at least as of tuesday he's he's projected at less than four percent ownership so um i i think that might pivot a little bit as more people kind of jump in um but he's definitely a guy that if you want a guy with course history a guy that fits really well and uh, is going to be low ownership at least at this point uh he is a guy that jumps off the page for me yeah, and, and just to kind of quickly uh, reference that course history, 10 of 12 in cuts made, six top 25s and one top 10, which was a tie for two in uh, 2012. So that's a that's a solid record for anybody. And also Grillo in this range, uh, I, I agree with you on Grillo. I think he'd be my favorite. He had a nice performance uh, last week, and he's all four stars here. Four cuts made, three of them in top 25s. Uh, one of those. You're looking for. Yep, one of those was um, his best finish was last year, a T9. Uh, yeah, last season, and and that's again when you're talking about when we're, when we're referencing Muirfield course history right now, we're talking about some of the most stacked fields there are outside of majors. Um, everyone typically gets in Jack's tournament who, who who's eligible. They all play this tournament, so. When, you, when you're top 10 here, that's a that's a legit, uh, real legit tournament to play well in. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm all over Grillo. Wallace is a guy I can't win with. Uh, I don't know why. So, um, yeah, I, I would just go with Grillo and then um, probably my, my f- favorite other one, maybe Bradley, too. I think uh, he might be heating up a little bit here as well. So, um, anything else to add before we jump to the mid to high 7K? Yeah, I like Lonzo a lot. I already bet him for a top twenty. He might he might make the card as an outright. Um, Shane Lowry is another guy. If you if you're looking at a guy with, in terms of win equity, like yep. he he is heads and tails above the rest of this group. Um, so if you want a guy that you know, if you just go off a of world golf rankings and look at guys that can win big majors uh, or win big tournaments, uh, Shane Lowry is absolutely one of those guys and um, could you know. For, for where he's priced uh, could pay huge dividends. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. He's proven to win, um, play well at big events. So, um, yeah, that's I think his, his upside would uh, be the highest. I think his best odds in this group, he has 100 to 1. And then, um, yeah, I like that Lanto and then Grillo are 110 to 1. So that would be a, that'd be a nice payday. Uh, well, let's then move on to 7,500 to 79, and the names are HV3, Harold Warner III, Jason Kokrak, Corey Connors, Cameron Champ, Kevin Streelman, Ben Ahn, who may be a course horse here, and then Lou, Louis Ushazen. 
Uh, I love this range. I bet I've been on Ben on. Uh, I love him. Uh, I'm he is going to be in my core this week. I can guarantee you that. Um, probably means he's gonna blow up, miss the cut, and kill me. But uh, I am going to go down with that ship. Uh, HV3 is just so consistent, so rock solid. Another guy that uh, will find a home in a ton of my lineups. Um, and Kevin Streelman, I, I'm really curious about because mm-hmm. in terms of recent form, in terms of ability at this course, yep. obviously course history is there, um, is very is very compelling. I'm just worried that everyone else is going to be on them, but maybe I shouldn't worry about that and just play the best guys and find a pivot somewhere else. Yeah, I like Streelman, and I think I think he, he's kind of he's not like a, a superstar or anything. He's kind of He's been on tour for a long time. I don't think anyone, you know, sees him as a as like guy. Like I think if you look at this group, people will love like Cameron Champ, right? And they'll love HV3, uh, probably Louis Oosthuizen more too. He, they're just bigger names. Streeland quietly's been a really solid uh, pro the last few seasons. And again, like you mentioned, course history of this group: seven of eleven in his starts here uh, for cuts made. Five of those have been top guys, three top tens, and uh, his best finish was last year in a sole fourth finish um so yeah and uh the, the numbers are there 29th in ball striking so um yeah you know you, you can never tell some guys just a certain course will fit their eye and they uh they have success so and then i would say in terms of louis Uzhazen would be my chess and hadley of this range yeah i can't some, something about him we don't we never really uh go well together I think out. I'm gonna build a lineup just with the guys that are like your bid arrivals and win we'll the Millie Maker. I, you should, um, because <laughs> what well, you, well, you have to make sure that I'm not playing. That's that's the key. Mm. Um, or no, maybe maybe I should play them. No, 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 that, no. That, you that, have no. to you have to be off of them, but you have to honestly be off of them. Because yep. if you try and pivot on them on purpose, yep. um, I'll ruin it Yeah, you're gonna ruin it for everybody. Um, and also, I just I think we, we talk about some of these guys, you know, on a weekly basis. But I, I like to point out the statistical numbers for Corey Connors a lot. Seventh in ball striking on the season, 18th in strokes gains approach, uh, 193rd in strokes gained putting. So I think you know uh, what you're getting there from him. He's he's really puts himself in position a lot for scoring chances. Uh, he just needs to get that putter going a little bit. But I, th- those are the guys I, I love, and I think. Um, I still think he's a little bit underpriced here, just based on his uh, success over the last 18 months or so on tour. Um, so my favorite would be probably him, as it usually is. And then I would say I like the Ben on pick too. I think mm-hmm. again a real streaky guy, like you talked about. His he's four or five in cuts made here. All four of those have been top 25s, and then he has a one top 10, which was a tie for second in 2018 here. So. He likes his time here as well. Anything to add before we get to just the entire 8K range? No, I think we should move on because this is where we'll run into uh, all of my bid arrivals. Yeah, and this is this is the range where you're just going to see the most ownership probably for everybody. Um, and there's there it's for good reason, right? So it's it's Sunjay M, Patrick Reed, Mark Leishman, Jordan Spieth, Matt Kuchar. Joaquin Neiman, Gary Woodland, my guy, Adam Hadwin, Matthew Wolf, Matthew Fitzpatrick, and Bubba Watson. It's the entire AK range. Um, Patrick Reed, Gary Woodland, Bubba Watson. Who do you trust more to bounce back? Because I've been I've been riding these three guys. I feel like they're all compelling cases. Obviously, Patrick Reed in terms of odds is up at thirty. Uh, Gary Woodland's getting pounded. He opened at a 40, 50 or 45, depending on where you look. He's 35 to 1. Um, probably going to go even lower, which, based on the way he's been playing, I, I don't know why people are backing him. And maybe that's just expectations. Um, and maybe that's something that the U.S. Open kind of did for him, winning that kind of elevated where he's at. But he just hasn't been playing as well. And, he it, you know, it's funny because he, he obviously had the dramatic weight loss. Um, and it's kind of killed off the tee game a little bit. Like he's go- he's going full Duffner, where when Duffner got skinny, <laughs> he started not being as good. Uh, and now that he's putting the weight on a little bit, he's kind of regaining that form. So 
I'm curious to see, but like, like, I feel like all three of those guys could completely, you know, float your your ship and be awesome this week, um, or completely sink you. And I'm gonna try and avoid all of them if I can. Uh, Joaquin Neiman, I love, um, and and Mark Leishman, I love. Yep. Um, and I think you know, right now in terms of ownership, Neiman is the fourth highest uh and leishman is like sixth um so you know i'm not the only one there uh that said i mentioned this in the in the beginning but uh of golfers that have in the you know the history of winning at this tournament right 11 of the last 12 winners had a top five finish um during the course of the season and uh each of the past five winners made the cut the previous year two of those golfers mark leishman joaquin neiman mm-hmm. yep no and i i love leishman as well i agree i appreciate that nugget you just threw out there too um but i'm gonna tell you that skinny gary is going into all my lives and uh thoughts and still, prayers my friend thoughts and prayers the, listen um I, I really was backing him pretty staunchly going back to the U.S. Open, so I got to stand by my man here. And um, again, it, it's it's the ball striking. He's still ranked number one. He's tenth in approach, forty third in strokes and putting. This is on the season. It doesn't necessarily reflect the most recent form, but um, he's still holding strong there. And uh, he's seven for nine in cuts made at this event. And I think it's a course too where. Kyle, they're, they're not, I don't know how exactly how it's going to be set up, but they're not going to be spraying drivers all over this course. Um, and I think we've talked about in the past that typically that's a good thing for Gary. We, we'd like uh-huh. to see him with with Club. the with the, with Woods. Club down Gary at 40 or 50 to 1 is is typically an auto bet for me. Yo. Club, Club down Gary when he's close to 50 to 1 is a guy that finds a home in my lineup. And I'm pro- I might end up regretting not using him this week. But he is just, I, I don't know. It's just, it, 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 there's been something missing in terms of where I expect him to finish and where he actually finishes. It's fair. I, I still view him, um, right or wrong, I guess I still view him in the same, like, I'll, I'll put it this way. If Victor Hovland is 9,500, Gary Woodland's 83, I, I'll go Gary. I mean, I just, it, it's, I still view him as probably one of the top 10 or 15 guys in the world right now. Um, mm-hmm. And so I'm going to treat him that way. That's, that's, I yeah. got I to go with that. And, and the miscut in 62 at Heritage is, is not great. But if you go back before that, he was ninth at Charles Schwab. He was eighth at Honda. He was 12th at WGC Mexico. Uh, you know, he he's been it's just off the tee last three last three tournaments basically since the restart minus 2.2 strokes minus 4.8 strokes minus 2.2 strokes he lost 2.2 total at heritage he lost 0.6 total at travelers um it's just the last couple tournaments it's just i don't know you've you've made your point kyle leave skinny gary alone. <laughs> leave him alone um, all, right, all, right, all right, so Gary and Mark Leishman are my favorite two of this group. Yeah, yeah. And, you, and you're, what, what would be your favorite uh, two? Ne- Neiman is my favorite, okay. uh, and Leishman is number two. Uh, although Sung J.M. right there, like yeah. I, he's another one that the last couple tournaments have not been great to him. Uh, but he is was so money before the shutdown. I, I expect him to find that, um, mm-hmm. and he's he's actually a guy like he plays so much that maybe the like the holdout has just kind of thrown him off his game a little bit, and now that he's been playing for a few weeks and getting the sweat going again, uh, he's ready to uh, to explode. Yeah, um, and just for a little course history reference in this group, that's your thing. Leishman is ten of eleven cuts made, four top twenty fives, two top tens, and he he had a sole fifth. Last year's his best finish. Matt Kuchar, who we didn't really talk about, um, no. I think quietly at 45 1 is uh, a little interesting. But he is yep. 12 14 in his cuts made here. Ten of those have been top 25s, seven top 10s, and the win in 2013. So 
if he gets to the weekend, which he does just about 80 some percent of the time, uh, seven of those times are top 10. So uh, definitely a good guy, good value play here. I think this week. Yeah, I, I wouldn't bet him outright, but like a top five, I think is very much in play and um, makes a great pairing with the guys that we mentioned, the Patrick Reeds or the Bubba Watsons or even Gary Woodland, I think. Uh, the guy we didn't mention is Jordan Spieth. Um, mm-hmm. And quietly was kind of coming back into form. Obviously, still not the guy we saw like killing it in the Masters and winning the U.S. Open and all that stuff. Uh, but in terms of course setup, everything is green on his on his row. Like he is eighth in total strokes gain. He is 11th in tee to green. He is 18th in ball striking. He is two uh, strokes gained. He is uh, 23rd on approach. He's 14th around the green. He's two putting. If Jordan Spieth has a putting week, he could win this tournament pretty easily. Yeah. So, are you were those numbers from this particular course? This is over the last 24 rounds at okay. Benton Grass courses at. Uh, 72 to 7,400 uh, yards. Um, obviously, and, and you know, there's this can you know, there's there's a, a handful, but like Firestone's a great uh, corollary course. Um, you know, some of the TPCs are, are in there as well. So, um, in terms of you know, courses with similar setup, and obviously, I can go to last 12 mm-hmm. um, and get a better idea of more of a recent form. Um, but in terms of, you know, with Jordan coming back, yeah, no, he's, I go, I go 12, last 12, uh, he's still eighth. He's still amazing around the green. He's still amazing on the putting surface. Um, off the tee isn't as good approach isn't as good. Ball striking isn't as good. And obviously, you know, his recent results have, have dictated that. Uh, but in terms of, you know, his upside, his win equity, Yep. His a potential, um, you know, he is a guy that uh, definitely belongs in this category. And based upon where ownership is, he's at less than six percent as of right now. Um, you know, obviously, I think when when the Millie Maker and all that stuff comes out, uh, just because of name recognition, he'll probably be a little bit higher. Yep. Um, but I think he's definitely a guy that if you want to be a little different this week, if you want a guy that like, I wouldn't play him everywhere, but a, a couple Jordan Spieth sprinkles, um, I think, could make a ton of sense this week. Yeah, and uh, also, nice success here. Six of seven in cuts made. Four of those are top 25s and two top 10s. So, um, yeah, he's he's had a solid track record here. And like you said, the upside is there. And I think 50 to 1 Jordan Spieth, I like that, too. Mm-hmm. I, I like yeah. I like, I like throwing a little 50 to 1 action on him because you know that it's, it's still there. He's just got to find it. Yeah. And, you know, he was 10th at Charles Schwab, obviously, you know, more like top 50, top 60 uh, in the other tournaments kind of around there. But when his putter gets going, when he is, you know, puts at the level we kind of expect um, and does it completely, you know, shit the bed in tee to green and off the tee. uh, This is a guy that can contend and can win. And, um, you know, he's going to win one of these tournaments and then his number is going to go back to that 20 something um, and you know, and we won't see that for a while and his price tag will jump, but, um, uh, this, this could be the week. Yeah. Always interesting to see him in a price range and kind of transitioning into the next group, which is just mm. four guys in the nine K range. Would you rather have a speed at 50 to one or 8,600 or Ricky at 28 to one in 9,000? I, I was all aboard the Ricky hype train last week and he was really good. Like he, he may, he was flashing some of what made Ricky Fowler one of the best players in the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would take Jordan Spieth at 50 then as opposed to Ricky at 28. Ricky is at 28 is, is way too short of a number in terms of the outright market. Vegas, um, you know, in terms of people uh, hitting golf winners, like it was, it was big winners it was lots of people winning them, and then obviously Bright, you know, last week Bryson being the favorite and cashing. Um, the Vegas lines, just as a whole, are just dramatically shorter this week. Like Ricky should be probably thirty-five or forty, and he's twenty-eight. 
Uh, Morikawa should be thirty, should be like forty or forty-five. He's thirty-five. Um, I agree. They're 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 tightening the purse strings a little bit to to make sure that they get some of that money back. Um, that said, I love this range, and I could see a lot of my lineup starting with three or four of these guys, depending. You know, probably two or three. Um, mm-hmm. But I love Justin Rose. Obviously, Victor Hovland has been playing great. Um, his putting isn't quite like he's that's kind of always been his bugaboo. Uh, but he's still getting top tens with mm-hmm. a, a less than ideal putter. And Morikawa is a guy that I'm ready to go back to because in terms of where his how his game sets up, how his form is, and I know he burned us and I know he's missed some cuts and. Uh, you know, he took last week off. I, I think that was a good thing. Uh, and now Morikawa is ready to come back. He's ready to, uh, to to feast. And I think at 30 or 35, I think you know he obviously. I think I mentioned he doesn't he he doesn't fit into the model. Um, but this is also a course where we've seen a lot of you know future stars kind of have their first big breakthrough. And I think Morikawa could be uh, the next in that line to kind of break out this week. I, I agree. I think that's an interesting way to uh, put that with him. And I, I thought about a question when I looked at this group. We talked about Ricky a lot last week and talked about when's the next, you know, when will he win next and kind of comparing him to other guys like a Tony Finau. Sure. Who will win first? And I thought about this question this week. I thought, I want you to tell me what's the most likely to occur in 2020 out of these three things. Will it be Ricky Fowler wins on the PGA Tour? Will it be me finally getting all six guys in one of my lineups to weekend? Or could it be Kanye West's name on a presidential ballot? Well, Kanye West hasn't even filled out the paperwork, so that's that's an automatic write-off. And you getting six of six through, like... I think there's a better chance that dinosaurs are resurrected. So uh, yeah. I guess I'm going. I guess I'm going with Ricky Fowler. Okay. All right. I just want to just want to gauge uh, gauge where you're at with that. I was I was kind of hoping it might be Kanye, but uh, just for the debates. Uh, but um, I guess we'll have to wait till 2024. I'm sure it'll be a, a wonderful time by then. Yeah. Okay. I, I need to turn around here. I need to get all six guys to a weekend here. It's it's getting to be um, it's getting to be ridiculous. But um, I guess. Yeah. At the, Go ahead. At, the, at the same time, Bobby, like sometimes getting six of six through when they're not competing versus getting a five of six through when you have three guys at the top of the board. Like I'd sure. much rather have a four or five uh, of six and have guys in contention because I feel like I'm going to I'm going to cash a lot more consistently at that than if I have a six of six uh, with guys that are kind of muddling around the cut line. That is accurate. Um, I would just, for my mental, emotional well-being, mm-hmm. I would just, I would just like, for, for my confidence, Kyle, I would just like to get six. So, all right. Um, yeah, I guess I'd go with Ricky here. I, I don't, yeah, whatever. Uh, just real <laughs> quick. Um, I mean, we all like these guys, but uh, just in terms of course history, Rose is 10 of 13 here. Nine of the cuts made are top 25s. Seven are top 10s, and he won back here in 2010. And then uh, Ricky is seven for 10. Five of those top 25s, three top 10s in his best. He's uh, he's come runner-up twice. Yep. So um, good practice. This is going to be a heavy ownership group. Like yeah. uh, Morikawa and Fowler, both about 12%. Um, and in the top you know, 15 or so. Um, Hovland is uh, almost 17%. And Justin Rose is second right now at 17.5%. So uh, these guys are going to garner a lot of ownership, but rightfully so in terms of the price savings you get from the top guys, and we'll obviously talk about them next, um, versus the you know what the win potential, all that stuff. I think I think it's a lot closer than than the prices dictate. I, I agree with that. I, I generally agree with that on a week to week basis, but um, I, and that's why I, I'm not sure what I'm going to do exactly this week yet. But uh, yeah, I, I think that's a fair point. Um, so. And then uh, just real quickly, Havlin and Morikawa, it's their first starts here at the Mirfield Village. So uh, it's all that's left is the five-figure guys. There's six of them. It's Justin Thomas, John Rahm, Patrick Cantlay, Brooks Kepka, Xander Schauffele, and Hideki Matsuyama. Um, is there anyone in particular you're really high on, or is there anyone you're, you're out on this group? Uh, I'm not 
necessarily out on anybody. I like Justin Thomas a lot, and I'm really curious to see where his ownership lands just because he's coming off the miscut and didn't play last week. And, um, you know, but in terms of course setup, in terms of everything, like his odds are the shortest for a reason. I, I think he's absolutely like if you don't want to bet like this week in terms of outright bets, I don't I don't see myself making a ton. Um, but if you wanted to make just like one or two and go crazy on him, I, I think that's a smart decision. Um, you know, it, it, if we're looking like at guys getting hot, guys playing well, like I like Hideki a lot. I think if he can putt yeah, decently, Hideki. if 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 he can putt decently, he can he can win this. Like his his ball striking, his irons have been great. Um, X, you know, Xander's always a guy that I like. Uh, I just worry about that one round where it just it things go sideways. Um, and Brooks, I mean, Brooks is a guy that I I think could win as well, and uh, you know has kind of been pushing towards breaking through in a, a big way. And um, the way he's been playing as of recently, obviously refining uh, some of that form before the back injury. Um, you know, and Patrick Cantlay, like I mean, there's just there's a lot of guys in here, but. Uh, in terms of this week, I think I might just uh, avoid the group as a whole. Well, not me, Kyle. I just uh, I've been, I've been I just I just tinkered around right before we got on here with a lineup, and I just I basically started trying to figure out what I'm going to spend the money on when this wins. Um, so I have so Patrick Cantlay is my him and Matsuyama are, are my picks to win. I, I think it'll come from one of those two guys, both uh, former winners. Cantlay won here last year, of course. It was his big breakthrough with Masayama, one in 2014. He seems due for a win. He's five of six in his weekends made here. Four of those top 25s, three top 10s, and, of course, the win that I mentioned. But, um, Kyle, I started to line up with those two guys. And then the remaining four people, Mark Leishman, Skinny Gary, K.H. Lee, and Nick Watney. How filthy is that? It's pretty dirty. Uh, I'm curious to see how it pans out. If the Nick Watney KH Lee is really going to be a difference for you, like if those two guys perform, you could legitimately win the Millie Maker with that lineup. Because if you're looking at in terms of ownership, Cantlay, uh, Decky, and uh, Leishman are garnering like they're three of the top seven or eight, um, and Skinny Gary's like in the top twenty. So there's a yep. lot of ownership right there. And obviously, like I said, it's only Tuesday. There's still a lot that could happen. A lot of it could pivot. Uh, you know, like we talked last week, Fowler was really low owned. And in the Millie Maker, it was basically double what they had projected. So, you know, it, it's one of those things you have to kind of keep an eye on as, as the week rolls along. But, like, there's a lot to like about that lineup. A lot, a lot of stuff I like. Obviously, I'm not a big Woodland guy. I would probably pivot um, in that range. But I think... Um, I think there's a lot to like. I think you could. I think you could definitely cash with that for sure. I, I, you know, I'm, I'm already counting. Like I said, I'm already trying to figure out what to buy. So, um, do you have anything set yet, or anything tinkering with here for life? I do. And like I mentioned, I love the 9K range, and I started Justin Rose, Colin Morikawa, Ricky Fowler. Uh, mm-hmm. and then I went, I went Ben on. I love, I love me some Ben on. Mm-hmm. I went some HV3. Uh, for stability, for for kind of uh, mm-hmm. upside to pop, but still, you know, should make the weekend. And then I went my boy Steve Stricker. There you um, go. And I, I still have about 400 to play with. Um, and it's kind of interesting. Uh, Rick Gaiman over at Rick Run Good and CBS and all this stuff uh, posted some kind of Millie Maker winners. And there's a like a lot of a lot of the entries are really maximize every dollar. Um, mm-hmm. So if you want to be different, spending like three or four hundred dollars less than the max is actually a great sweet spot for being different yet still getting a lot of your studs in. Yes, and um, yes, I, I, I wholeheartedly uh, agree and concur with that approach and, and that thinking. And I have one last question here for you, Kyle. Lay it on so, me. So last week kind of heading in there was a lot of wesley Bryan buzz and accordingly his ownership percentage was 12.65 in the millimaker yep. and that was 15th um highest so 
my question to you is Henrik Norlander coming off <laughs> his last week. Is he going to be higher or lower than 12.65% in the Millie Maker? I think he's lower. I think okay. he's like I think he's like around five or six at the most. Okay. Uh, I, I get what you're saying. Like right now, the ownership projections have him at 8.2 uh, yeah. on Fantasy National. Um, so you, you know what? You you might be right. It might be 12 or 13 by the time we get to to the Thursday. Um, I I might go under, but I would think it'd be close. I think it's gonna yeah. at least be 10. percent Yeah, yeah, you're probably right. I think I think double digits is probably, and and honestly, it's like it might not be the wrong play. But no, uh, no, I, I, don't, I don't. If you're like like you talked about too, you've made these points uh, throughout the discussion. But you don't have you you don't have to be different in certain spots. You can be different in different spots. You don't yep. have to be. Uh, it, and as long as that guy, like a Norlander, at his price works out, it just mm-hmm. does enough flexibility for your cap where you can be different tons of places. Yeah, the other guy that you'll want to keep an eye on, uh, Joel Damon's going to be really popular at sub eight thousand. Um, and I think because of recent form, because of, uh, you know, his price tag, I think yeah. he's really compelling. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can actually go down to Harold Varner or up to Adam Hadwin and really like your team and kind of get off of some of that ownership. Yes. Um, that makes plenty of sense to me. And, um, it looks like we've, we've done it again, Kyle, we've made it through. Somehow, oh. some way, we always find our way to the end. Any, um, anything to plug before we get out of here? Any, any, um, maybe, maybe, maybe some political opinions you want to share. I don't know. <laughs> no, uh, I won't venture down that road. But uh, check out the Angle of Pursuit uh, on YouTube, on iTunes, on wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, mostly fantasy football on the podcast form. Uh, if you go over to the YouTube page, we do talk NASCAR uh, betting. So if you're interested in that, uh, Scott Fishbowl is off and running. So uh, Brian and I will be discussing uh, how our teams are shaking up and uh, what we're looking at right now uh, on, a, on our next episode on Thursday. So those usually drop on YouTube either Thursday or Friday. Um, and you can kind of check them out. Uh, and we obviously preview the race for the upcoming Sunday. Um, so we do do a lot of that. We do more sports betting. We do all kinds of stuff. But uh, and then follow me on Twitter at NotoriousKRO. But Bobby, I always appreciate you uh, inviting me on and uh, letting me uh, bring the bring the podcast down a little bit. Absolutely. And um, yeah, we'll we'll see how he did. Good luck to you and your uh, all your endeavors for golf this week and and beyond. And uh, we'll be back. We'll remain in Dublin, Ohio, but we'll be back next week as well. Absolutely. Uh, hopefully we don't have to deposit uh, any more uh, into DraftKings this week. I already told you. I, I got the million in the, in the bank, so it's, it's yep. all good. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, so you can sponsor this pod. Just let me know. Uh, I'll, I'll send in my salary uh, requirements next week. Love it, Kyle. We'll right, talk to you later. Take care. I can see it now. Nick Waddy and his heroic return from COVID diagnosis becomes the Danny Willett of this week. And K.H. Lee is the Sep Straka. That's it. That's all I need. Get my million. Probably break off Kyle. Maybe like 20, 30 bucks. It's only fair. That's the type of guy I am, you know. But look, thanks everyone for listening. Um, we really enjoy doing this, and we hope uh, you are playing along and, and having fun as well in this uh, return of some sort of sporting activity. We will continue to be back and make sure to check out all the things that Kyle talked about in fakepigskin.com. The post I have, it has my key stats for all the players everyone's course history, all kinds of nuggets. Um, Check it out. And I will say that, you know, what I really enjoyed the most the last couple of years putting together was the weekly college football DFS post. And, yeah, I I don't want to be one of those people. It's like, you know, 
I know I know people are getting sick and worse and, and you know, businesses are closed, but I feel like deep down I might be one of those people. I really hope college football comes back. Uh, anyway, thank you. Uh, good luck for the Work Day Charity Open, and we'll see you next week. Oh, and don't forget to follow on the Twitter and the gram, at SportsPodHookup. If you're not following, you're doing it wrong. Hit that follow button. We'll see you next week. Thank you.